I think people think that if they show up as themselves, it's just going to invite all this criticism. And that's really like, that's the underlying thing, right? The fear, Mm -hmm. like how will people see me if I show up as me? Mm-hmm. But like, what would it look like for people to see you as you really are? Like, even though that might feel uncomfortable and scary AF, like, isn't it also a massive act of courage? You've gotten great at divine working, but what about divine living? Welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. I'm your host, Gina DeVee. You're not alone in wanting more. And here at the Divine Living Podcast, you can expect to be part of conversations from women like us who unapologetically dream big and are obsessed with manifesting our most fabulous lives. The conversation starts now. Divine Living Queens, welcome to today's what I already know is going to be such an epic podcast. And this is not an interview, people. This is such a juicy, sizzling hot conversation (laughs) with one of my besties. We've got Jill Stanton here with, uh, formerly of Screw the 9 to 5, and she probably still is playing a decent role. I moonlight. I moonlight. (laughs) She moonlights there, and she is also the very proud owner of Millionaire Girls Club. These are just some of her business accolades that we could go on and on and on about what a business mogul she is, but today we are talking girlfriends, connection, taking risks, big thinking, women and money, you know, all of our favorite subjects. So Jill, welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. Yes. I'm so, any time that I get to hang out with the queen, GDV herself is a good day. So I'm so happy for this. I'm coining GDV. That's a new thing. Like when we were on our call the other day, I was like, I need a GDV love and kick in the ass. (laughs) thing. I hope your whole community gets on board with it. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. But uh, the stilettos, the stilettos work just fine. And what Jill's talking about is we're also not only just friends, but not just friends, we're friends and we're also in a mastermind group together. So we do take a stand for each other's greatness and hold each other accountable to, to playing super big. So I'm going to get there, but let's, I want to everyone to dial it back so they have it full scope and understanding of what I believe just a couple of your biggest superpowers are. I know you have so many. So this was when, three years ago now, maybe? 2018 for sure. Okay. Yeah. There's that. Because I was in the middle of a massive transition and I remember you were the first ones I ever talked about it with. So. Okay, great, great, great. So 2018, this cool woman reaches out to me on, I think, Instagram and was like, hey, what's up? And I've totally known who Jill was from the whole cyberspace deal and her podcast and and all of that. And I was at this place in my life where not only did I not have friends, I just didn't even think about it. I didn't think I needed them. It wasn't even on the radar. It wasn't, I wasn't a goal. It wasn't any of it. And Jill reaches out like this, like normal human, actually connecting in like a relationship way. Like the only people I've been in a relationship with at that point was Glenn, my clients <laughs> and my team. Like it was just like, what being like, it was so such a wake up call for me. And I talk about this so much in my book and, and in other conversations because Jill, you literally like broke the spell on my 
unconscious voluntary isolation mm -hmm. I had going on. <laughs> <laughs> and you were just literally like this. It was like drinking up love in this conversation, instant connection. And then you're like, and do you know so-and-so? And do you know so-and-so? And everybody you introduced me to like literally just blew the lid off of all of my limited thinking about adult female friendships, girlfriends, power of connection and all of it. So I want to start by saying thank you. And now asking you for advice in case there's anyone else listening that might've been like me, like what's your best advice about being in relationship connecting and reaching out to people that you don't know? I think a lot of people, first off, thank you so much. You're, you're one of the, it's so funny that you talk about how you didn't really have friends because you are one of the most generous, giving authentic, whip smart, beautiful inside outside women I know. So it's Thank just you. so funny to me that you were in that voluntary isolation, <laughs> which I totally understand. I had a lot of sister wounds, probably still mm -hmm. carry a few. Um, and so I very much understand that. And the one thing that I've always noticed when people, you know, reach out to connect with me, or I'm trying to connect with someone is people who come in with a motive, right? Mm -hmm. They're looking to get something out of the connection or the relationship or the friendship they're trying to build. Like that always starts things off on the wrong foot, right? Cause you can feel it when mm -hmm. someone comes in with a motive, you can feel it. It's got an air to it. It's like not really truly genuinely reciprocal. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a huge mistake people make when trying to build friendships with power players is what can I get out of this? Mm -hmm. what I invite everyone to explore on their own is how can I show up for this person? Because no one really gives a shit about you until they know that you like, people don't care about you until they know you care about them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. um, at one of the John A. Coffisms that I absolutely love, I hope I said his name right, is care about what the people you care about, care about. And that's always stuck with me. Right. And so I try to take an active interest. And what do you care about? I know that you're a real estate fiend and, and you love travel and you love things luxury and you love Glenn. And you know what I mean? There's certain things that you really vibe with that I want to learn more about so that you and I can find common interests so that the conversation is never forced. Mm -hmm. And therefore I'm never looking at like, okay, I'm like half listening. You know what I mean? When you're in a conversation, you're like half listening, but you like want to get in there so that you can give your take. I'm like, nah, I'm all in with the people that I truly want to connect with. And I'm, I'm sure just like you, uh, I'm picky, right? I'm discerning with who I want to surround myself with because I only want to surround myself with people who match my future and not mm -hmm. my past. And so when I finally get around those people, I just want to give my whole self to them. I want to give all my attention. I want to show up as my authentic self. And I don't want to come in with a motive because that, that backfires. I think like mm -hmm. perfect example, not just you, but I met Amy Porterfield back in 2014 and she's become a friend of mine over the last six years. Right. Mm -hmm. And I always get questions like, how did you build a relationship with her? And I was like, I was my real effing self. Like I swore and I bought her a drink and like we had mojitos together. Mm -hmm. Like I was, and we talked smack and we told stupid jokes and we were normal people. Like I think, especially in the entrepreneur space, when people are higher up, mm -hmm. they get put on this pedestal and all of a sudden people fangirl over them. But it's, that's looking at it the wrong way. They're just entrepreneurs. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're just mm-hmm. entrepreneurs who have been in the game a little bit longer than you. And when you can detach yourself from that, like, oh, us versus them kind of thinking mentality, that's mm-hmm. when you can find the real magic. And that's when you form genuine relationships with people who want to help you out. Right. Like as I go to launch MGC and I've been coming into our mastermind with all the feels about that. And you showed up for me in such a massive way. Um, I never set out with our relationship looking for that. Right. I was never like, oh, I hope I can get some free GDB coaching. (laughs) It was always like, I would love to connect with another kick ass woman who Mm -hmm. is unapologetic and just goes after everything she wants. Like that's who I want to be around. And so I'm going to show up and be there for her the way I would hope that eventually she would be there for me. So cool. So cool. And you know, I think that women just, when we get outside of our own power and our own natural way of being, Mm. we just become like, the most inauthentic version of ourselves. And it doesn't feel good to us. And it doesn't feel good to the other person like you're talking about, because it's like, and I think it can be confusing, especially women who are like at whatever stage in business, like there's always going to be a bigger fish. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, Oh, I want to be around the bigger fish for the whatever. Maybe they'll do a shout out for me or it'll look good or social proof or whatever the thing is. And then I think like we've probably all, had that where it's like when someone approaches us in that with that energy, like your time, it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And then it's confusing, but because you're like, be bold, reach out. It doesn't matter if they're the bigger fish. So, well, here, we'll just use Amy since you brought that up. So, what had you go and reach out or connect with Amy in this way? I put myself in the room. Like, I at the time, like Josh and I were just starting Screw the Nine to Five. This is 2013 mm-hmm. when this retreat came up. It was like $3,000 each plus travel, plus accommodation, plus all the things. And at the time for us, that was like a huge stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, we were living in Thailand for <laughs> for sake of like contrast here. <laughs> and so we were like Thailanders, like killing the game on like $2,000 a month. <laughs> and so that for us, it was a big stretch, but I knew I wanted to be in the room. It wasn't just Amy. It was Pat Flynn. It was John Lee Dumas. It was a bunch of people. And I've become like John Lee Dumas and his girlfriend, life partner, essentially. Mm-hmm. Kate is one of my best friends, but it's because I put myself in the room because I didn't look to get anything out of it. I just wanted to be buddies. I just wanted to shoot the shit. I just wanted to keep it real with them. I just wanted to have conversations. I just wanted to learn from them. And so it was never... If I had approached Amy, like some of the other attendees, they're like, Oh my God, Amy Porter, can, I, can we get a selfie? Like it just, can or we get a selfie? But that's what happens, man. It's what happens. It's like, she's just an entrepreneur, right? That's she's got her so own awful. struggles. She's got her own insecurities. She's got her own stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And, and when you separate and you make it like, they are higher than me. I am not worthy. I'm a fangirl like that. No one wants to be around that because it's uncomfortable. Yep. Right? It's uncomfortable. Yep. You're like, oh, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, selfie. Uh, put a filter on it, please. You know, like it's just, it's not genuine. It's not a real conversation you would have with your girlfriends. And then when you show up like that and you, <laughs> you try to put yourself in the room, but you kind of fangirl and then you come away from that conversation, you're like, I can't believe I right. asked her <laughs> what her dog's name is. And you overthink the most minute details because you didn't show up authentically as yourself. Instead, like, yeah. risk the feeling of embarrassment, risk being the dumbest one in the room, risk being 
you know, actually the person who's you. just getting started. Yes, okay. actually you. So oh. I'll share with you something that I did actually recently that I can't even believe. It's like, and it's, and yet every like vulnerable, humiliating, failing forward mistake, ladies, it's like it, if you let it, it'll just free you, free you, free you. Mm -hmm. You got to learn to laugh at yourself. Otherwise True. this life is not worth living. So I'm starting my podcast. We know our mutual friend, Kathy Heller is like, Gina, start your podcast. Gina, start your podcast. And it's like, <laughs> I'll do it in January. Gina started. And fine, fine. So I got it off the ground. So then she was like, so who do you want to interview on your podcast? And so I did this at the beginning of my career and I haven't done it for a while. And I couldn't believe because, you know, doing something new, it's like I was the freshman again. And so I started giving her like this list of names of just people I thought were big in the industry that like are on all the podcasts. So I didn't even like think about who do I want to interview. It mm -hmm. was kind of like this automatic unconscious default, like, oh, well, that person would be great. And that person would be great. And she's like, yeah. And so she's like, do you want to pre-plan every question you're going to ask, type it up. And if you ask something off script, the interview is going to stop. And I was like, not any day of the week or four times on Sunday. And she, so I'm like, okay, not that person then. And then I like mentioned a few other people and she's like, okay, talk about awkward central. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I can relate to anybody. I got a master's degree in clinical psychology. I've been asking questions for 20 years. I've been a radio talk show host. Like I can, I can pull the juice out of anyone. Apparently that is not the truth. <laughs> Apparently. And I was like, whoa. And then I also thought like podcasts should be interviewed. And then I, then I finally, at least I learned this really early on. And I was just like, nope, I'm only going to interview people that either I know super well that are mm. genuinely my friends or people I genuinely am like totally following it into, I don't care like how big or small their following is. Like there's some bloggers and Instagram people, you know? And so I get, think my message here and what Jill's showcasing so much is you don't have to be someone different than you are to get yes. the success that you're looking for. I think people think that if they show up as themselves, it's just going to invite all this criticism. And that's really like, that's the underlying thing, right? The fear like, mm -hmm. how will people see me if I show up as me? Mm -hmm. But like, what would it look like for people to see you as you really are? Like, even though that might feel uncomfortable and scary AF, like, isn't it also a massive act of courage to step up and show up as you truly are? Like, faults, flaws and all, right? Like, I, I just feel like that's so empowering. It's actually super disempowering to try and control how people view you because then no matter what, you'll never be satisfied with it because it's never actually you. And then you have to almost keep up with this personality that you <laughs> created and like go back to the old stories that like have kind of a bit more polish on it or have a few more, you know, happenings than really unfolded. And you're just like, Oh, what's the story I told over there? Okay. So I need to come back to that. And it's exhausting. You know what I mean? It so is. And it's so unnecessary. And it also, what I've learned is we all consider ourselves pretty spiritual and mm. yet it doesn't leave any room for spirit to intercede. Yes. So there was like another person that I did genuinely was like 
genuinely like interested in follower and the whole thing and asked for an introduction from a mutual friend and got the introduction and got then got well how many downloads do you mm -hmm. have on your pocket and i was just like i fortunately because of my previous debacles i had got i was like you know what that's uninteresting to me yeah so i didn't even follow up on the email and also that's what people are worried about right? Like, oh my God, what happens if I reach out? And then I'm like, not quote unquote, big enough for uh -huh. someone, right? And then all the worthiness issues come back in. Oh, I knew I wasn't enough. I knew I would get a no. I knew I would fail. I knew I'd get rejected. And it brings up all these old wounds. And instead of like healing that, mm -hmm. or instead of shining a light on that, we minimize ourselves instead of using it to break through to the next level of ourselves, right? Where that stuff totally. is just like Teflon, like yep. it just bounces off us. And we're like, actually, you know what? I'm just getting started. So I don't really have a lot of downloads right now, but I'm working to blah, blah, blah. Or oh, you're, you know you're nicer than me. Well, I'm Sicilian. So I was <laughs> like, you know, I didn't even respond to the email. <laughs> you know what? Delete. <laughs> that's, that's what, well, and, and what I really got from it was, it, I just, it gave me permission to be me, you yes. know, it's, and, and, and in that I didn't need to make her wrong either. And I actually didn't, I just got like, you know what, this doesn't feel good to me. So I'm going to peace out and mm -hmm. she's not chasing me down. So I'm like, we've got different groups and vibes and tribes and the whole thing. So mm -hmm. I actually didn't go into a thing about making her wrong or me wrong. I'm just like, so committed to being around the people who really light me up and, and I have instinct gut instinct. So. Well, and you're the OG manifester, I feel like. <laughs> so, and it's so funny because as you were talking through that, I was like, Oh my God, I actually just said to someone who I, Allie, we both know, I reached out to her to have her on my pocket because I'm essentially going to make it through the entire lady mafia we have and yes. get everyone on my podcast. But I said to Allie, I don't really have, I haven't started my podcast yet, you know, so there's not downloads. If you want to wait until it has downloads and she just stopped me, she's like, I'm not concerned about downloads. I'm so excited <laughs> to have this conversation. And I was like, yes. yes, because all that is, is this insane, like our world online business is marketing on crack, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like ego on crack. <laughs> and so all of us has, have tied our worth to these BS vanity metrics, mm -hmm. downloads, followers gag, which can be faked mm -hmm. or like any of that kind of stuff, email subscribers, right? Like I remember when we at, in, at the end of 2018, right after you and I connected, which was around mid 2018. So just mm -hmm. for clarity's sake, Josh and I found ourselves in this massive place of unalignment after we had had our son, our business no longer aligned with our values. And so we made the decision, which felt scary AF at the time, to shut everything down that was no longer serving us. Our free groups, which were over 55,000 people, our monthly membership, which was over 800 members, our one-off products, our coaching programs, like everything. Everything that no longer served us was gone just to like clean slate it. And in that, we did a massive email list clean and we cut like 30,000 something subscribers and someone messaged me or someone we were doing a Q and a as like one of our final wrap ups. And someone's like, well, how big is your email list then? And I was like, actually, I'm very happy to tell you it's like 9,000 people. <laughs> and I'm proud of that because I just unapologetically released 40,000. Yes. I don't I, like email addresses. I, mm -hmm. I, I want to call them humans 
and they are, of course, but like they weren't interacting or engaging anyways. So like, Mm -hmm. that's just dead weight. All I'm doing when I don't release that is hanging on to the numbers and what that quote unquote means about us or our business or like us as entrepreneurs, which is just so effed up because Mm -hmm. all it is, is just numbers. You can fake it. Like that's the thing that I just, when new entrepreneurs, I work with a lot of new entrepreneurs and screw the nine to five in case you can't Mm -hmm. tell by the brand name (laughs) and they get so wrapped up in the list size or the follower size or the downloads. And I'm like, what if we start looking at them as like, I'm serving these humans. Like these humans raised their hand and said they want to stay in my world. So I'm proud and I'm grateful and appreciative of them being here. And I'm going to do whatever I can to serve the hell out of them. Mm-hmm. Mm, preach, preach, preach. Mm. It is, it's all like more than ever. It's just about what's actually true for you. What mm. actually lights you up? What are your, and there, it's interesting. I've had the honor and privilege of being on like some super big podcasts when my book came out and thought that was going to be like a, and it was cool and it was great. There was like, there, and I've been on other podcasts where like number wise, it was massively smaller, mm-hmm. massively, but these particular people, their engagement was so high through the roof. I was getting DMS yeah. for days and months afterwards. Like, Oh my God, I heard you. Like, So it just goes to show you, and I know that those people like are so committed to their communities Mm -hmm. and it it obviously shows, and it's not about how many, how big the numbers are, but really how engaged. So it's- Agree with that. And I actually think that's the advantage of a smaller audience Mm -hmm. is you can be engaged. Yes. Right? Like when you have millions or hundreds of thousands, it's really hard to have a- two-way relationship with those people, right? Because you just don't have the bandwidth. Typically, you're not that involved in your business at that level, Mm -hmm. right? Like you're not sitting there like, oh, I got five unsubscribes today, (laughs) the way you are in the beginning, (laughs) you know? But the people who have a smaller audience, they are more in tune with them because Mm -hmm. they answer their own emails typically. And so they get the questions, they get the feedback. And so they know their people to their core. I remember like, even just using our brand as an example, screw the nine to five. Like we had, we run these things called course creators boot camps, and I'll just see familiar faces or I'll recognize like names that I remember from back in the day. I'm like, Catherine, Kathy McGee, like what's up? <laughs> you in 2015. I remember that. Or like BMAC, what's up brother? I'm happy to see your face here again. You know, like those people came into my world when we were just getting started. And so I treasured the fact that they're still in my world, you know, so I know them a bit better. And so I, I pay attention to that kind of stuff. Whereas people who have hundreds of thousands, millions, like that's just not, it's not as easy for them to do that. And so I think reframing the like small audience thing and actually looking at it as an advantage is one of the best things you could do for yourself. Awesome. 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 All right. Let's switch gears here and talk about this new venture you are oh, on. Gee. Tell everyone what is <laughs> happening at the at the ground level. Ladies, you are hearing it first. Yes. I haven't talked about this anywhere yet. Millionaire Girls Club. 
I've sat on yes, it for two we, years. Let's just, let's just, I mean, talk about a bullseye brand name. Come on. And it's so funny because it was you who gave me a loving shake and was like, why in the world aren't you naming that your entire brand? Because I was like, my brand is going to be jillstanton.com. <laughs> and I'm going to run retreats called Millionaire Girls Club. And it was you who were like, mm, no, <laughs> like Millionaire Girls Club that's a club I want to be a part of. And it really like, the minute I, I sat with that after our call, I was like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> so, and then I got in my head around like, oh, the dot coms, like a lot of money. And you were just like, what are you saying right now to me? So you, I just- Do you mind giving that. the details of that one? Because I think like, you know, women don't know. Be, yes, like, of course. We, we don't talk about these details. So if you feel comfortable, I'll I air it all. <laughs> like, okay. I find this stuff so cathartic. I'm so like, Jill comes to me and she's <laughs> like, well, I can't get millionairegirlsclub.com because it's $4,000. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> so I bought millionairegirls.club and it was $1.88. <laughs> <laughs> And then I uh, lovingly <laughs> reflected the brand to you. Yeah, it was, you were just like, okay, I just need to say this. That's a drop in the bucket from what you're like. You are just playing so small. And you're right, because I said to you, I just need to make sure the brand will work before I make that investment. Like if that, if someone had said that to me, I'd be like, what the actual F are you saying to me right now? <laughs> and so when you echoed that back to me, I kind of paused and I re-listened to my own message and I was like, I need to like lovingly bitch slap myself right now. <laughs> and so I just told Gina before we started recording, I bought the dot com. I got out of my own way. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I'm just so excited for it. And honestly, gee, I've, I think I've told you this. Like I sat, I have had this idea since early 2019. And I sat on it because I was so scared. I've had a belief for all seven years that we've had screw the nine to five that Josh is the teacher, which he is. He's the only one who teaches in that brand. Because growing up, I was told I was, not by my parents, I wasn't told that by my parents, but just like I was bullied for over a decade and that will have a lasting effect until you become aware of it. And even mm -hmm. teachers would tell me, oh, that was a stupid question or something like that. So I've always had this just like ingrained belief until I recently became aware of it that I'm not smart enough to teach. And so I've always put that on Josh, always. Josh is the teacher. I'm the pimp. Like I always said that I'm the pimp of screw the nine to five. I spread the word on it, but like, I would say that on some of the biggest podcasts that I've been on, like I, I'm not the teacher. Josh is, I'm the pimp. Like I just downgraded myself in such a huge way. I did myself such a disservice unconsciously. Like I wasn't even mm -hmm. aware of it. And so I finally, I don't even know what it was that made me finally be like, F it. I'm going to do it. Um, it's called 2020 it was Jill. <laughs> <laughs> Not only 2020, but 2020 hindsight as well. And also, I think I was just annoyed with Josh one day and I was like, screw it. I'm going to start my own thing. <laughs> but once I started doing that, once I gave myself the permission to say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start my own podcast. I'm going to create my own something. Um, I'm going to have my retreats and all this kind of stuff. Ideas just start falling out of my head. Like I have mm. on my notes app, I have 50 podcast ideas and that's without interviews. Like I'm just like, Bleh! yes all the things I've ever wanted to say that just didn't fit into the screws brand. Mm -hmm. And now I get to like make it my own and say whatever the F I want to say and not have to like 
talk strategy. I was saying that to you for so long. Like, I just mm-hmm. don't want to talk strategy. It doesn't light me up. I like it in, when I'm like jamming with other kick-ass women or, or dudes for that matter, but I don't want to teach it. And I don't want my coaching to be centered around like, I don't know why my lead magnet won't convert. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> right. So, and ladies, check this out. Can you imagine? So I'm like, I've got all these like feminine spiritual topics, divine living. And I'm like, oh, people are going to need something tactical from me. So I'm like, hey, Jill, you're amazing at pop-up Facebook groups. How about we do that? And she was like, generously, she's like, sure. And like today <laughs> when I was getting ready, I was like, I couldn't get through a conversation about pop-up mm. Facebook groups. So I hope, so hope y'all are, are loving this one. Uh, the minute you said, what happens if we don't talk about pop-ups? I was like, oh, the heavens parted <laughs> and the angels sang to me. Because if you could see my G-Doc right now, I have like all my points listed out oh, so that I stay sorry. on track. Oh, I already... Jill, I'm so... Dude, you now no. know what my team feels like. No, please don't say anything because I'm so grateful that we're having... The only reason I have a doc outlined is because I don't want to talk about pop-up groups. So I'm just like, I need to think about all the things I would say as I'm like pulling my hair out talking about freaking pop-up groups again. But, and that's not to say I run pop-up groups quite often. I actually am Mm -hmm. a huge believer about them, but I don't want to talk about them all the time. And so Mm -hmm. that's another win for me starting my own brand is lying in the cement, man. I ain't talking strategy, yes. right? Yes, like, yes, I want to yes. talk. So what are you going to be talking stuff? about a millionaire girls pub? All the feels. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm I, I, we're going to have to work on that enthusiasm with you, Jill. <laughs> I'm going to talk about upgrades, beliefs, um, shifts, like feels, just everything that goes into helping women shift into seven figures. Like that's, I just wish I had that when I was getting started and building a million dollar brand. And I wish I had someone with like my flavor of it who swears mm-hmm. a little bit and is kind of cheeky and keeps it mm-hmm. real. And like, we'll call you out on your shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just going to lean all the way into that. And so, what, what do you think from the inner game is the big difference between six figures and seven figures for women? One, the risk tolerance, the belief of um, it's not a few things. <laughs> Worthiness, I think, is a big one. Letting go of control, I think, is a big one. Spending money, I think, is a bigger one. Um, you know, as you start to make a lot of money, it can kick into a new level of scarcity of like now white knuckling the money you do have because you don't want to quote unquote lose it. And so you start to hoard money or you start to be like a stage five clinger with money. And you're just like, well, I'll spend like 10 grand on ads, but like, I don't want to spend any more because, you know, I want to keep this amount for blah, 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 or like profit margins and not having like being nervous to scale expenses in order to scale revenue as well, I think is a big one for women. Oh my Um, gosh. I want to interject. I love what you're bringing up here because this is like, you know, whether it's like six to seven figures or seven to eight figures. You're like hitting on so many points. I cannot believe what I did yesterday. Yesterday. My team comes to me and they're like, well, Gina, to meet the numbers for the current launch that we're in or whatever, you know, we're going to need to spend um, 30,000 on Facebook ads this week. And I was like, we're not spending 30,000 on Facebook ads this week. (laughs) And Glenn's like, turn the boxer off. Let's have a talk. (laughs) And, And I was like, wait. And I'm like calculating. And I'm like, Oh, but if I spend 30,000 on Facebook ads and the projections are 10 X that, like, why mm-hmm. wouldn't I? All the, and I think just women, we haven't been taught to give ourselves permission mm-hmm. to 
play with bigger financial numbers. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. And I saw that for myself when Josh and I really wanted to go to the next level. Before that, that was last year where we finally like broke through our spending threshold. And before that, we had only spent $12,000. And we were like, look at us killing the game, spending $12,000. But like command Ring the whole time to make sure we're making it back, right? Like just still white knuckling money. And then we just, I don't know what happened. We just had a breakthrough. Actually, I do know what happened. Um, Josh said to me, because I was in my head about it, because we were gearing up to spend a whole 25000 trying to double our spend. And I was like, what happens if it doesn't get burned? And, and what happens if it doesn't get burned? And we lose, and, blah, 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 and it's 25000 And he's like, well, it's simple. Are you playing to win? Or are we playing to not lose? And I was yeah. like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And it was just like this left turn moment for me. I was like, oh, I was being this way. And then you said that. And now I'm being this way. Like, I want to be the type of chick who leans all the way into that because I know magic happens off the back. Like, as you expand your energetic capacity to spend more and serve more, like, it calls a different level of you forward, you know? Because operationally, you have to up your game. Energetically, you have to up your game. Even just communication style, you have to up your game. Like, you have to expand your game in order to go bigger, right? And so I think a lot of people use money as an excuse because they don't feel comfortable showing up and playing a bigger game. Um, And so they use the excuse of money when really it comes down to worthiness, typically, is that that's where it all stems from, right? Feeling enoughness, right? Exactly, like fear of being called out, fear of failing, whereas like how in the world are you gonna know what not to do if you don't try all the things and figure out what to do. You know what I mean? Like, I just Mm -hmm. think as we leaned into that, so much opened up for us. And then the next promo, we spent like 112,000. And I was like, look at us. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just that it was that one moment, like, and the shift there was money's a tool. Yes. Right. That was the big shift for me. Oh, money is a tool, a tool that we use to make more of it, a tool we use to have a bigger impact, a tool we use to have a bigger ripple effect. Like we hire more people, which then takes care of more families, Mm -hmm. which then allows them to splash out on things that they want in their life, you know, a cleaner or a new car or, you know, and it just like keeps money circulating, which is hello what the effing world needs more than anything right now. If that's one thing we've seen in 2020 is like, please God, keep money circulating. (laughs) Please let's keep the economy going because the world needs us more than ever now, Mm -hmm. right? Like entrepreneurship in the States is at its lowest rate ever. How alarming is that, right? And yet we're huge drivers of the economy. We're creators, we're the innovators, we're the dreamers, we're all of that. And I think when we forget that and we start to look for like the safe option, the small option, like it's safe, like that's Mm. somewhat more safe or more responsible when we're not asking, well, what's it going to cost us to not invest up the game, join the group, reach out to that person, whatever, whatever. Mm. So, so big, so big, so big. So So where can people find you for Millionaire Girls Club and all things? (laughs) I just happen to have a dot com now. (laughs) (laughs) So millionairegirlsclub.com, thanks to Gina, um, Mm -hmm. is my new cyber home. And then on IG, it'll be the Millionaire Girls Club. 
All righty. I can live with it. I can live with it. <laughs> Jill Stanley, you're such a gorgeous blessing and dose of knowledge, smarts, inspiration, and all things fun. I so value and treasure our connection. And any last tips or advice you want to leave the ladies on connection? Mm. Again, I think if you can just step up and allow yourself to be seen in all your glory, in all your flaws, in all your you-ness, you will notice so much magic come into your life in the form of your female friendships and in the form of who you become as a result of taking that courageous action, even if that courageous action just looks like you being seen by the people you care about most or by the people you want to surround yourself with. And if we can always aim to surround ourselves with people who match our future and not our past, I truly believe that you will upgrade your circle in the most magical ways. So that's that's what I'm always looking to do. So thank you so much for having me. So juicy. I love it. So everyone go take a screenshot of this episode, tag me and the Millionaire Girls Club. <laughs> um, let us know what your biggest takeaways were, what you got out of this. Go follow Jill and just stay in touch with us. Lots of love. And Jill, thank you again so much. Thank you. All right, gorgeous. I hope that this episode has been such a blessing in your life. And if you are looking to further elevate your life and discover the unapologetic art of dreaming big and manifesting your most fabulous life, get a copy of my book, The Audacity to be Queen Today. It's filled with 20 page turning chapters. This book is designed to unlock your truest potential, reprogram your mindset, and have you living the life you've always imagined. You can get it at divineliving.com forward slash book and dive into all things queen today. 